Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Everybody good here in church? Glad you're in church? No better place to be except the beach or something like that. But we're not. We're here. Hey, welcome. If it's your first time here, we're so glad that you came to Renew Life today. My name's Keith, and I'm the pastor here. And I'm just super excited that you're with us. And I just get to share in these these next few moments um, with us. Why don't you just look at the, the person you came with and say, you need Jesus. And look at the other person on the other side of you and say, you really need a church today. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's jump right in. Um, if you have your Bible, open up to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to kind of land and, and, and come out of today. About three weeks ago, I started preaching a message geared towards spiritual family. And we began to talk about what spiritual family is and, and uh, what it looks like to live and to function in spiritual family. And I just really felt today, you know, we had two weeks in between and other pastors came and preached and I was deciding where to go. And I really felt like the Lord led me back to, to spiritual family and to continue to talk around this subject. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, let's start with some scripture and then we'll go from there. First Peter chapter two, we're going to be reading verses four through five and then jump down to nine and 10. This is Peter talking and he says this, as you come to him, the living stone, he's talking about Jesus here and he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. He says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Going down to verse nine, says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Since we're we're getting used to talking to each other today, look at your neighbor and say, you're so special. Oh, yeah, I like this. I'm going to make y'all keep doing this today. I feel like it's a vibe right now. All right. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Man, I love that. Once you were not a people, oh, but now. Now that you've given your life to Jesus, you're now, you now are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, oh, but now, now you have. Now you have received mercy. I believe Peter, what he's talking about here, he uses language that very, very much speak to the church, very much speak to spiritual family, and speak to us coming together. Isn't it interesting that Peter, who Jesus said to him, you will be the rock, that he begins to explain what it looks like for all the rocks or all the stones to come together. He's literally preaching from the very thing that Jesus called him, that we're supposed to be living stones brought together. You know, a stone doesn't have much use all by itself. One little brick laying over there by itself, you can't live in. You can't function. It doesn't do much. Oh, but when the living stones come together, see, we're being built into a spiritual house. Why? Because we, once we weren't a people, but now we are. Now we are the people of God. 
Today I want to talk about, okay, all that's real pretty and all that sounds really, really good, but what does it actually look like to live that way? What does it look like practically for you to function in spiritual family and in the body of Christ? And so let's pray and we'll get into it. Jesus, we invite you into this moment. We thank you for your word that is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you even right now for the humility that is in the room. I can just sense it now, the humility that would say, I don't, I don't care who's preaching, <laughs> I'm receiving today. I just thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you bless this time, that you speak to us, Holy Spirit, that you lead and guide us into truth. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 If you've been around our culture for some time, um, you've heard me say the phrase and heard, heard Braden and some others say the phrase, spiritual family. I realize, though, that, that that phrase and those words aren't commonly used. They kind of sound like if you've never heard them before, you're kind of like, well, what, what might spiritual family mean and what is it? And just to kind of to give a simple definition, what I believe spiritual family is, it is our family in the spirit. I know, I just went out on a limb on that definition. But, but that's really what spiritual, it's our, it's our family in the spirit. Uh, more common terms that we are used to, it's our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's our church family. It's the, the people that you, you come to church with. This is what spiritual family is. And it's not just brothers and sisters in Christ, it's moms and dads in Christ too. It's our grandparents in Christ. It's our little brothers and little sisters in Christ. You see, just like we have different levels and different things in natural family, you have to understand those same things exist in spiritual family. Right? There, you got a crazy uncle in the spirit too. You got, you, got diff, you got people who are more mature, less mature on the same level as you. You got people who are kind of wayward at this moment. You got people who don't really know who, how they feel about church, that just got saved, have been saved for many, many years. You got people who are bored, numb, complacent, on fire. It all exists. And can I just say as a pastor here, I accept all of it. Now, if you're lukewarm, the Bible says something about that, but you can still come, hopefully, that you get unlukewarm. <laughs> That's the idea. But we're all on a journey. We're all taking steps in the right direction. We're all going after and pursuing God. Wherever you're at on your journey, not just me that accepts you, God accepts you. You're a part of the family. You see, we didn't know that we signed up for this, but the moment that you got saved, you got grafted into a family. You say, well, I didn't know that. I thought it was just me and Jesus. Too late. Sorry, it happened. You got grafted in. You got drafted in. You got adopted in to the family, whether we like it or not. And can I just say, if you have a theology today that, that is just that you, if you think it is just about you and God, your theology is bad. It's a bad theology. It's not just about you and God. It's about you and God and others. This is why he said the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. Can I preach this morning? <laughs> love God, love people. It's, hear me today. In the kingdom of God, it is not just about your personal individual relationship with God. It is not just about that. It's about the relationship you have with the people sitting next to you. 
It's about the relationship that you have with, with the congregation you're in, with the family that you are in. And I believe this with all my heart. You cannot fulfill and experience what God has for you in this life if you don't commit to spiritual family. You cannot get to where he needs you to be. You cannot fulfill the call of God on your life. You cannot even experience all that God has for you if you don't understand how important spiritual family is and actually commit to it. This is what, Paul, this is what Peter was talking about. He's saying like, we're, we're, a, we're a spiritual house that is being built together. This thing is coming together. We're living stones. We gotta, we gotta come together. And then he says, you're a chosen people. Notice that he did not say you're a chosen person. He did not, and he said, you're a holy priesthood. Notice he didn't say you're a holy priest. You're a people and you're a priesthood. And then just in case we didn't get it, he just said, you're a nation. This is family talk. You know, I've met many people um, in, in my life or I've, or I've known about people and they, they, they are hurt by the church. They have been hurt by spiritual family. And, but, but they'll say things like, yeah, but you know, man, I don't know about church, but me and God are good. I'm good because me and God are good. And in a non-pastoral way, pastoral way, I wish I could respond and be like, hey, bro, you ain't good. You think you're good? You're not. You're actually not good. Because the, the people that are the healthiest people I've ever met, they have a vibrant personal relationship with God and a vibrant relationship with the, the family God's placed them into. That's the healthiest people you'll ever run into. They got it going on with God and they got it going on with people. And I would even, I would even go as, as far as to say this. I think the, some people are healthier that, that they don't have a great personal relationship with God at the moment, but they're still connected to spiritual family. I would, those people are better off than those, and here, let, me, let me finish this, than those the, the opposite. They have a great personal relationship with God, but they have no attachment to spiritual family. And you know what those people are? Weird. That's the truth. And I'm not, I'm not I, that came off a little more intense than I expected it to. I apologize. But they, uh, if, if, you, if you live disconnected from family, you get jaded. And most people kind of get weird. And they, and they, for, for, for some reason, they always, they kind of go to like end time stuff and like that's all they watch and talk about. Jesus is coming back. You know why they want Jesus to come back? Because they have nobody to do life with. Like, like we're called to be in family. And I would rather be struggling with my relationship with God and have a great spiritual family around me than the opposite. You see, we've, we've got to have both. In the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, it's, it really isn't just about your individual relationship. But it's about the relationship we have together. Did you know that God has a relationship with you personally, but he has a relationship with us as a congregation? See, see what I mean is, it's not just about individual worship, it's about corporate worship. It's not just about individual prayer, it's about corporate prayer too. 
It's not just about individual experiences with God, but it's about corporate experiences with God. This is why when you come to church, you get something in worship you cannot get by yourself. If you've been doing this for some time, you realize. In fact, you probably even struggled like, man, why can't I just seem to like get that same thing individually as I do when I come? You're not supposed to. There's something that happens when the body comes together. This is what, this is spiritual family. This is what it, what it looks like. This is the importance of, of it. And, and the reason that I'm, I'm kind of hounding on this point and hammering in this point is because <clears throat> scripture says this, one can, speaking of the enemy, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 of the enemy to flight. There's way more power when we're together. You know, I've, I've come across many, many people um, that have been hurt by church. Kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, in fact, it's happened so much that people don't just say, you know, I've, I've been hurt by the church. It has its own name. It's called church hurt. People deal with church hurt. It's a real thing. And usually what church hurt gives life to is offense. And, and, and just know this, a lengthy time in offense will always lead to bitterness. It's what grows in the soil of offense. And what's, what's kind of sneaky about bitterness is you, you kind of <clears throat> don't really know that you're bitter sometimes. And probably even worse, when you're bitter, you don't care. You like it. You like being bitter. Uh-oh. I think I started preaching. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, I believe the Lord wants us to commit to spiritual family, but I just got to let you know, when you say yes to spiritual family, you're also saying yes to getting hurt, probably. If you really get involved in family, the closer you get, the more chance there is to get hurt and the more chance there is to get offended. We're not even two years old, and I've offended a lot of people already. <laughs> we hadn't even, we're barely even off the ground, just offended people left and right. People are like, well, maybe you shouldn't be the pastor. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> maybe so. <clears throat> what's, what's even crazy, I begin to think about this. You know who I've offended? Most of the time I've offended people who've gotten the closest to me. You know, it kind of is what it is. When you say yes to spiritual family, you deal with opportunities to get offended. We, we as the church, we need to get tougher. Can I just say that? We need to stop being offended by such easy, small things. Like we get offended too much. We get offended too much. We do. Like, and I, and I, 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 can, I can understand that. Um, to a degree, I can understand that. I can understand that, you know what, we, we do hurt each other. Sometimes I have hurt people. But I'm also a human. And so are you. And we're people ministering to people. And I know I'm qualified because I just have to read through the Bible just a little bit and realize, oh man, he used a lot of disqualified people. 
It's just, it's kind of a part of the game. But what I'm, the reason I'm preaching this to you today is because I want you to have such a foundation in scripture about, about spiritual family that no matter what happens, you may get hurt, you may get offended, but you never leave the church. You never abandon spiritual family because the enemy would love nothing more than to just sow a little seed of doubt, sow, sow a little seed of offense and a little hurt and let it blossom to where I know people have done this. You'll leave, people have left church for years. They don't even, in fact, some don't even believe in the church anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus came to establish it. You better start believing in it again. No matter how much you've been hurt, no matter how offended you got. And that person could have been wrong, probably were. However, however, Peter doesn't say, um, we're building a spiritual house except for those of you who are the living stones who've been offended. It's not an excuse. So here's what I would say from my little, my little side message today. If you're offended at somebody, I'm about to get a lot of emails or a lot of people at front after service, right? If you're offended at somebody and you can't get over it on the inside, this is how I know, this is, this is when you know you need to go talk to the person. If you can't forgive them and get it out of your soul, which I mean your heart and your mind, you think about it all the time, that is a sign from God that you've gotta go talk to them. And can I just say, please do not wait till next Monday. Do it this Monday. Why? Because spiritual family is why. Because we're, we're building a house. Because we're a people. And you cannot be family if you're offended. You can't. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm adopting a zero tolerance policy for myself when it comes to offense. If I even think that you might be offended at me, I'm coming for you. Watch out. <laughs> I will. I'm, I'm going to knock. I'm going to call. I'm going to make sure. Like if, if, I, if, any, if I pick up on anything, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to talk to make sure that little thing doesn't grow into the offense. And, here, and here's, here's the truth. It shouldn't be me or the other person coming to do that, if I were to be honest. If we're the offended one, it's on us to go to the other person. I know we're going to go here today, but we're here. If you're the offended one, then go talk. Many of us are walking around. We, I've been walking around for a long thinking I'm just great. Everything's going good. Got a bunch of people offended. Had no idea. They're just mad at me. Well, am I just supposed to be the most spiritual person just to walk by and be like, oh, there it was, fence. He's offended. I've got to talk to him. got to talk to her. No, no, no. We're not, we have to go address it ourselves. And I'll tell you this. Every conversation I've ever had has been worth it and it's been good. There's people in this room that we've had conversations and guess what? They're still in the room. It's so valuable. If you, if you learn to value spiritual family, you'll learn to have these, these talks. And I'll say one more thing about that and we're gonna move on. <clears throat> Make sure that it is something that you can't get over yourself. I actually believe sometimes one of the ploys of the enemy and kind of this new revelation about inner healing and all that, is he just gets people, they just go and start talking about how everyone's offended them. And they, they should have not done that. It's the best, easy, nicest way I can, don't do that. 
Like, sometimes it's not about you going to that person. It's just about you being tougher. And it's just about you renewing your mind and forgiving them and going on. And sometimes, guess what? And if you can't do that, no matter how, I'm saying this, no matter how trivial you actually think it is, no matter how small, no matter how much you wish that did not hurt you that bad. If it is, if it does, and if it did, go talk to them. Amen? Move on? Please, God. All right, let's go. <laughs> so this is, um, this is the value of, of spiritual family. So here, I want to kind of get into really what I want to talk about today. Laid that foundation. And let's talk about what it actually looks like to live in spiritual family and to function in it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you have your Bible move there. I know, I know you guys know this scripture. I'm going to come at it from a completely different angle today. But I want to read it to you, uh, verses 21 through 31. It says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Just a reminder here, Paul is talking to the body of Christ, and what he's doing, he's using an analogy here, and he's comparing the different parts in the body to the human body. Does that make sense? So he says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, he so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division hear that, there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. <clears throat> Verse 26 has always interested me. It says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. Notice how connected he kind of makes the, the, this analogy. Like we're supposed to be this connected that if one suffers, we all suffer. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church. Here's where I want us to really pay attention right here. He's just explained that we have many parts. He's going to get into what these parts are in the church. And God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles or people with the gift of miracles, the gifts, then the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. So here we see Paul breaking this, this idea of the church. Let me say it this way. He's breaking down the idea of spiritual family. And he's explaining how spiritual family functions together. He says, hey, we've got a bunch of different parts and within these different parts are different gifts. Look at your neighbor, say, you have a gift. We all have gifts. And, and, what, and what Paul begins to explain here, he begins to explain the different gifts that he's put in the church. Apostles, prophets, teachers, gift of miracles, gift of healing, uh, helps, the gift of administration. Everyone, when we read this one, they're like, no one wants those two helps in administration. What about the healing miracles thing, Lord? You know, like, don't throw me on the, the latter half of the list. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. And what Paul is trying to preach and what he's trying to say is, is this, the, the overarching theme is this. 
We've all been given a gift and you are given the gift to help one another and to care for one another. This is why you have the gift. So my question to you today is this. When's the last time someone else's gift got on you? When's the last time someone else's gift got on you? When's the last time someone's gift in this body influenced your life? When's the last time someone's gift made a difference in your world? When's the last time that you went to someone that you know has, has a gift of healing and you asked them to pray for your sickness or pray for the sickness in your kids? When's the last time that you went and you asked someone that had the gift of helps to get involved in your mess and help? When's the last time you, you asked someone with the gift of administration to come into your house and organize your pantry? And organize your life and use that gift that they have that, that you, you creatives out there ain't got. Except Bethany. She's pretty, she's pretty spot on with the, the cleaning and all that. I'll give you a shout out. I, I got you. <clears throat> but we have these different gifts. You know what I've learned? See, I've, I've preached from this passage every year that I've been a pastor and been on stage. And usually what I tell people is, what, what I'm trying to get across is this simple, this simple truth. You have a part to play. We've all been given a part because what we need a bunch of times in the body, we actually need to believe in the fact that we have something to give. Can I just say that to you? You have, you have something to give. You have a part to play. You have a gift. I've never come at it from this angle though today. Being a part of the body is not just about what we bring. It's about what we learn to receive. It's not just about what we bring, but it's about learning to lean into the gifts of the people around us. See, we actually have to learn to lean in. What would it look like for us to lean into the people next to us and for their gift to get on us? What would it look like for us to tap into each other? And I don't mean that in a self-serving kind of let's use people kind of way. I'm talking about a family kind of way where we get involved in people's life. They get involved in ours. And if you're carrying faith and I'm struggling with faith, I come to you and let you pray for faith for me. And your faith gets imparted into my life. Uh, I wrote it down this way. Being a part of the body of Christ isn't just about you bringing your part. It's about you learning to lean into and draw on the parts around you. You see, we have to learn, we have to be confident enough to bring our part, but we have to be humble enough to receive the other parts. We have to be confident to be the person he wants us to be, but we have to be humble enough to receive the people around us. I went on a trip to Wyoming recently it was a kind of a pastor's retreat type thing. It's called The Refuge. And um, their whole mission is just to serve those who serve others. And when you show up, they take care of everything. They load you up at the airport. They unload you. They got a chef on site. They pick up every plate that you have. You, never, you don't get anything. They do it all for you. You can go fishing, horseback riding, relax by the fire. I mean, everything is just like you about, about pastors and business leaders getting refreshed and whatever. And so I was suffering for the gospel in Wyoming and um, was just taking it all in and just receiving. And one night 
we, uh, the leader of the, of the refuge, they, they put together like a, a bonfire down by the river and it was beautiful and they were gonna have a whole worship service, Blair worship music. And um, <clears throat> I, I remember before we, he, he kind of introduced that we were gonna be going down there and got done with dinner. And I remember hearing this story about one of the guys that was on the trip with me. His name was Abraham. And I remember he had come to the refuge before and what had happened is he had something had happened and he had anointed someone with oil and just like just doused all the oil on them and everybody was laughing about it, right? Well, when I knew that we were gonna do this worship thing, I just heard the Lord really clearly goes, hey, I want you to ask him to pray for you and anoint you with oil. And I was like, all right. So we happened to be in the same cabin. So we're going back to get our coats to go to this worship night thing. And he's in the same cabin. I'm like, I'm like hey, bro, you got any of that oil? You bring any on this trip? He's like, oh yeah, I brought some. And I was like, hey, I want you to bring it and just pray for me tonight. He's like, I got you. I was like, all right. So we go down and we start to worship. About three songs in, the leader goes, hey, if you get a word for anybody or you want to go pray for someone, just, just, you, just feel free to do that. Give a prophetic word, whatever. Well, you know our culture here. We definitely believe in that, believe in the prophetic. And um, <clears throat> so I just start kind of looking around, waiting for the Lord to highlight someone to me. And I'm getting nothing. I'm not hearing him say anything. Uh, no one's highlighted. No one's anything. I'm like, what's the matter with all these people? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, and finally the Lord was like, I don't want you to pray for anybody. I want you to go ask for prayer. And I knew who I was supposed to go to. So I went up to Abraham. Abraham is a, he's this big old Hispanic guy, um, just like a dude. He was just a dude. You're like, you've done some stuff and I don't want to know about it. <laughs> like that kind of guy. And, um, and he told me he just, he kind of, in fact, he leads security at Jesus Culture San Diego because that's when people walk in, they're like, I ain't messing with him, you know? And I just went up to him. I was like, man, I, I was like, I just want you to pray for me as a father in the faith. Just pray for me as a dad. And he took out his little, jar, little, little tube of anointing and all that. And just rubbed his hands together and started praying for me. And I mean, the presence of God just hit me. Oh man, I was bawling, weeping in his arms like a little kid. He was holding my elbows up because my legs started to buckle and I just was overcome by the presence of God. Had an amazing, amazing moment. He gets done. I have to walk over and sit down for like 10 minutes because I can't function. Then another guy comes over and prays for me. Gives me a prophetic word, spot on. And then just begins to pray the peace of God over me. And all of a sudden, I just feel a peace. I haven't felt this in a long time. I mean, I almost fall asleep. Like, it's just, I mean, I could feel the anointing coming out of him onto me. Just praying peace. I'm like, my goodness. I'm like, what is happening tonight? And I even, Braden was there with me, and I get up, and I'm, the night's kind of over. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel like I'm just feeling his, I'm so sensitive to his presence tonight. And what's going on, like more than uh, it's been in a long time. And just kind of started asking the Lord, like, Lord, what is this? Like, why? What's going on? Well, the next night was our last night and everybody went around the table and began to share what the Lord had been doing. And as people, as, as the men in the room began to share, what you began to hear is, man, the Lord really spoke to me when so-and-so prayed for me. Or when so in this conversation that me and this other guy had. Or when, so when we led the discussion that night, man, it just really opened me up. And it all had to do with someone else. 
And the leader got up at the end and he said something that was just so simple, but it's like the revelation hit me. He said, you know, all we did on this trip, we did something really, really simple. We just got a bunch of dudes together. We just got a bunch of men together. And look at what happened. We got a bunch of the body around one another and God showed up. And in a moment, the Lord showed me, that's what happened to you down by the fire. You know what you did, Keith? You just began to lean into what other people were carrying. All I did was just simply lean in. I just simply leaned in. I took off my pastor hat, took off the hat that says, I got to have it all together, took off the hat that says, well, if anybody's going to be praying and prophesying, it should be you. And you got your hats too. You take off the hat of insecurity. You take off whatever your, wherever your identity lies. I'm a business leader. I'm a pastor. I'm, I got a great family. I'm, I, I'm successful, uh, whatever. Or it's the opposite. I'm not good enough. I, and you, you have all these, these things that get in the way. They get in the way of you receiving from the people around you. Because you know how you get, you, you know how you lean in. You know, you want to know the real answer to leaning in? You become real. You just get real. You know, we as, as men at that, at that trip had done over the last three days, we just got real. Nobody was trying to be anything because it was finally our chance to just be people. And the Lord began to move. <clears throat> this is the opportunity that we have. Like, that's how I see this. It's an opportunity. We don't know how to lean into the people around us. That's the truth. As the church, we're not very good at leaning into the ones around us. Because in order for us to lean into them, we got to get real. In order for us to get something from them, we got to let them know we need something from them. And and when we let them know we need something, we're telling them we ain't got something. And we're not real good at admitting we ain't got something. We don't like admitting that, man, we're struggling. I did this in the first service, and we're just eyes wide open. Let's just all, a little testimony for a second. If you struggle with asking for help, raise your hand. Just look around. Keep your hand up, because I just want everybody to see my, my point of view. It's practically everyone. It's everyone. The only way you tap into the gifts around you is you ask for help. You've got to ask. You've got to ask. The Lord told me that night, don't pray for anybody. You you ask for prayer. You lean in. You go ask for prayer. He showed me later, I began to have this conversation. Like I asked myself this question. When's the last time you asked somebody for prayer? And I had to think back to a year ago. That's, that's me being real and transparent and vulnerable. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I've been into, into forced prayer groups before and asked for prayer. We do that at home church. Like oh, I get with three people and pray. I'm like, yeah, I asked. But I have not gone out of my way to get down off the stage and, or get down out of my life and go over and say, Luke, will you pray for me? Like actually get out and be like, Brian, man, I need, I need you to pray for me and stepped out of my church world and stepped out of my life and actually got around the body and went, I mean, like, 
Like my reaction to struggling is get your crap together, Keith. That's my reaction. Usually I tell myself, be an athlete, because that means so much to me. You can't figure it out, bro, be an athlete. You got this. That doesn't mean anything to anyone else, obviously, but it works. it works for me. It means a lot of things to me. Like, stop being a baby, get your crap together, be a man, let's go, you got this. Renew your mind. And you know what? There's a lot of truth in that, but it ain't black and white. Sometimes the help that you need is in someone else. And God is gracious enough not to even give you the answer to your prayer because he wants you to go to someone else. We've got to learn to lean in. I'll give you four ways right now, and I'll close. <clears throat> what are four ways we, that, that can help us to start leaning into the gifts around us? Number one, I've already said it, you have to get real. You have to get real. That means you're transparent, you're vulnerable, you get over that thing that says, I don't need anybody's help. You get over the insecurity of not being able to ask for help. I remember, um, so in Natalie's family, her, uh, her grandma, and um, there's a story about her grandma and her granddad. Grandma's name's Janice and granddad's Billy. And uh, one day they're sitting around and Janice, Janice looks at Billy and goes, Billy, you want some coffee? He's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. She goes, well, get up and get it. And that has been the family joke for years at Christmas. It's like, hey, you want something? Get up and get it. <laughs> Do it yourself. That's, that's the mentality that a lot of us have. I'll get up and just get it. I'll just do it. I don't need anybody to get me my coffee. I don't need anybody to help me with my lust. I don't need anybody to help me with my financial situation. I don't want, people don't need to know that. That's personal. That, that's not family. Am I saying you go and blurt it around to every single person? No, no, no. Find a safe person. But man, you're missing out. I've been missing out. I've been missing out by not asking people to pray for me. We got to get real. Number two, we have to get humble. You know how you start leaning into people? You got to get real and you got to get humble. So you got to be confident enough that you, that you know you have a part and you got to be humble enough to receive the other parts. Just be okay with it. Be okay with what the other person carries. Be okay with sometimes you show up at home church or you show up, sometimes you show up at your office or sometimes you come home and you got to look your spouse in the eye and be like, I ain't got it today. I know I need to, I know I need to help you with the kids. I ain't got it. So if you want help, you better pray for me. <laughs> Like, it's actually okay to admit that you're weak. I said it. It's okay to admit that you're weak. Because when you're weak, he's strong. He's strong. You got to get real. You got to get humble. And this is the one that is the kicker. You got to get close. You have to get close. You gotta let people in. And number four, you have to trust. You just have to trust. 
I know that's scary for some of you. I know that you've been burned before. I know that there's been a lot of things that have happened. I get that. I understand that. However, you still need to do it. <laughs> I'm sorry it happened to you. I'm sorry you've been hurt. I'm sorry you've been offended. I'm sorry someone's been mean to you. I'm sorry a leader in the church hasn't actually um, lived up to the expectations you had on them. I'm sorry that they didn't do something that they should have done. We're, but, but we're family. We're family. It happens. And you still got to keep leaning in and you still got to learn to trust. These are ways that the gifts that are in this house start to get on you. Man, I am so ready for the church to get more real. My, I hope that, you've, that you, you get that here. I hope you see that here. We're about as real as it gets, in my opinion. Pretty real, pretty transparent. Let you in, like, because this is what we're supposed to be. If you're looking for the perfect church, you're gonna have to wait till heaven. That's just the truth. Sometimes you just gotta give your life to it. Yeah, Lord, I mean, I think this is my spiritual family. Like, I'm just gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna do it in faith. Here we go. I'm all in. And you get close and you get vulnerable and you get real. Man, life is so much better. Oh my gosh. Like, how many of you struggle with small talk? It's the worst. Can we just admit it? It's so the worst. It's so the worst. Oh, can I say it one more time? It's the worst. And I realize like you got to have a little small talk to get into big talk, but like, man, help me out a little bit. Like, it's so much more, it's so much more fun to get into the things that matter. You know? Like, like, so, this is so true. You had three conversations about the rain before you ever sat down today. Man, this is crazy. What I did it to three people. I'm, man, such a, I love the rain. It's so nice. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah, man. No, have a great one. Yeah, I'm, worship started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go check on the kids. See ya. <laughs> this is what we do. And I realize like you can't get into a deep conversation in the five minutes in the foyer. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, please still be welcome to, welcoming to people here. Small talk is not the devil. But man, there's so much more. Get real with the people that you're close to. If you ain't close to anybody, get close to somebody. And let's be spiritual family, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.